Thank you for downloading this week's episode of PR Week's Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Coffee Break. It's Steve Barrett, the Editorial Director at PR Week. And uh, here with another show, delighted to welcome Donna Lavoie, who's President and CEO of Lavoie Health Science, to, uh, to Coffee Break. Donna, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Steve. Great to be here. And uh, hello to everybody. Yeah, and you're based up in Boston, and we just discovered that you actually live quite near to my sister. So it's a very small world, isn't it? <laughs> it is a small world, a small coastal town. <laughs> yeah, we we started thousands of miles away, but um, our, our family somehow have, uh, ended up close. Anyway, enough of that. Tell us about yes. Lavoie Health Science. Clearly, healthcare comms and uh, PR and other parts of the process are hot um, just because of the last couple of years, but not just that. It's been increasing uh, year on year. Tell us about the agency and, and what sort of 2021 you had. It sounded like it was a good year. So 2021 was a very good year, and so was 2020 and 2019. So we continue on that trajectory. And as uh, I'm sure some of you may have seen in some of the rankings, uh, we were up 18% this year, which is terrific news. And that's predominantly driven by, you know, demand in the sector, and that is in the biotech, med device, et cetera, um, sector. So a lot of strength, mostly due to also uh, increased demand in IPOs and then helping those companies after they go public and they also move forward to commercialization, et cetera. Yeah, so you're up to 5.7 million in, in 2021. Tell us, put a bit of uh, context on that. Lavoie Health Science is a specific type of name. So does that give an indication of the type of work you do? And clearly, Boston is such a center of healthcare and medical uh, businesses. Yes, so um, as you can imagine, um, you know, we, we kind of looked at, look at the sector in three ways. We look at company launch, and those are services to companies that are uh, truly launching either out of venture or coming out of stealth. That's one type of service. And then we have um, uh, development stage, small cap companies. That's another set of services. And then lastly, uh, where we had a lot of increased demand in 2021 is in what we call sort of mid-cap biotech. These are companies that are transforming into more mature companies. They're moving from late-stage commercialization uh, into uh, late-stage uh, development, development, if you will, into commercialization and beyond. And that's where we've seen a lot of demand uh, for our services. And give us an indication of a couple of pieces of work or activations that particularly illustrate what you're talking about and illustrate the growth in those areas. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, companies like TG Therapeutics, uh, for example, which um, is a company that in 2021 uh, commercialized products in the oncology space, uh, for example, and our team uh, is partnered with their internal organization on everything, uh, corporate communications and support of their launch from a corporate perspective, whether that be, you know, positioning, uh, traditional and, um, and social media programming, et cetera. 
So that's one example. The other example is um, Arena Pharmaceuticals, which was just bought by Pfizer. And our team supported all of their corporate work. And that is, you know, including some of their ESG and sustainability program and helping to communicate those messages. Great stuff. And I think you're launching an IR practice as well. Talk us, uh, what, talk us through why you've decided to do that now. Yeah. So the IR practice has been something that we've been, uh, you know, incubating and have been active in for a, for a number of years now. But what we're actually doing now is we hired um, a new lead for our IR practice and we're looking to continue to expand on some of our early work in ESG and sustainability to include more targeting and perception work. And that's on top of our flagship program and methodology, the LHS immersion process, which is something that we've trademarked and have been doing for uh, almost 20 years now. Okay. Tell us about Boston as a market. You know, clearly a lot of healthcare business up there, lots of academia, lots of startups coming out of that, presumably out of MIT and, and, and what have yeah. you. It's a, it's a unique market. Tell us, tell us about it, having worked in it for a, a long time. Yeah, so, you know, just to take a step back and, you know, where did I come from? I came from the early days of biotech where I led the internal functions at Genzyme Corporation and Alkermes. Uh, to name two, and that was back when there were only a few companies in the Cambridge market. Um, so we are deeply rooted in that market, but to be honest, you know, Boston is is a hub, and whether your company is in New York or North Carolina or in the EU, you know, everybody wants access to the Boston ecosystem. And so that is also an opportunity that we bring to our clients. But to be honest, our clients are global. They are everywhere. They're not just in Boston. And I will tell you that the Boston companies tend to be more sophisticated from a communication standpoint, for sure. They know how to do this. <laughs> yes, Boston and sophistication, two words that go together, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what are the trends you're seeing? Obviously, it's been a crazy couple of years from a healthcare point of view with covid we saw that how fast that vaccines were produced. Do you think that mindset has changed the way people are looking at healthcare business? Are they expecting things to happen faster now because of that? Or what do you, what do you see happening moving forward? Um, you know, I think it, it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, I think on one hand, we saw things move very quickly. On the other hand, you know, there's also question uh, you know, in terms of the FDA process and, and their decision making and also change in leadership. Right. So, um, you know, all of that brings sort of, you know, questions and pause. And we've been talking for years about pricing and and uh, those topics. So, you know, that continues to follow us for sure. That being said, you know, innovation wins um, when money is around. There's no better place to put capital other than in innovation. And so that's what we've seen in the last couple of years. So whether it's COVID or not, I think it's a question of there being a lot of capital around and that being put to work now. We have more sophisticated technologies. We know how to get products through the FDA, for example, if you're talking about therapeutics and even, you know, the rise of digital health and um, those medical technologies um, all of that sort of being brought together, right? It's no longer just therapeutics or 
digital technology. We're now looking at these things in a cohesive way, and that includes AI and other technologies. How much do sort of physical events play into the ecosystem? We, you know, the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference, I remember visiting that and pretty much takes over the city of San Francisco, doesn't it, in a normal year. But again, this year it, it, it had to be virtual and um, it won't, they won't have met for a while now. Do, does the innovation feed on that ecosystem or is it managed, how has it managed to survive uh, without those in-person opportunities? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tricky topic, I, I have to say. Um, it was very disappointing to see that meeting go um, virtual, although there is a camp that was actually very happy. So, um, you know, I'm torn myself. I can understand, you know, both sides of the equation. Um, that being said, I think the hard part is that even for those who wish to be in person, the argument is, you know, things are still happening. And so I think, you know, the world has changed forever. Um you know, however, I think for JP Morgan and other conferences, we're looking at still trying to move forward with some sort of in-person uh, event, if you will, but it's going to be in a different, a different way, a different experience. And what we're starting to see now is more of a hybrid kind of situation, right? There's a HC Wainwright conference that's taking place in Miami, and it will be both in Miami and then also virtual. Yet Bio International will be in San Diego, and that will be in person. Uh, Vive, for example, which is a digital health technology conference, was in person in Miami, and it was record attendance. Yeah. People, there's an appetite to get back in person, isn't there? We had our PR Week Awards a few weeks ago, and it was 700 people, and there was a great vibe in the room. You know, people were really happy to be there. Obviously, being careful, and and you would expect right. that, and, and we'll have our healthcare awards in May as well in New York City. So, yeah, look, touch words. One thing that last two years has taught us: you can't see round corners, can you? And you, can, we don't know what's going right. to happen. But hopefully, well, that's true. I think you know people want to be in person for the things they want to be in person for. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, how are you approaching that from a sort of return to the office point of view? Um, how many offices do you have a, a, and and how are you managing that return to an office environment? Well, our you know, our home office is in Boston and we have been in a fully hybrid model now for quite some time. And um, that's working out quite well um, during COVID. As you can imagine, a lot of agencies, did, we hired several people in other markets. And so now, you know, we are sort of taking a harder look at what the longer term trajectory looks like from that perspective. You know, I'd like to ultimately see hubs of people in certain geographic locations. So New York is an area that we've expanded in. We now have a couple people there. We have people in Chicago, in Maryland, et cetera. So it's actually been a bit more flexible in terms of hiring talent. Uh, you'll you'll get the right talent, you know, no, no matter where they are, and, and you'll accommodate them within the organization. Correct. I mean, we've definitely had to do that, given the specialization that we're in. I think specialization and strategy wins um, in all cases in our sector. So we have to lead with that for sure. Now, one, another big theme over the past couple of years is health equity, and it's something we write about a lot at PR Week and our sister title, MM&M. What's your attitude to that, and how are you helping that healthcare provision and, and 
people in the healthcare sector make make sure that everybody gets equal access to to healthcare because COVID proved that 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 doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a great it's a great point and it's a great um, you know not only from an agency perspective but also from a client perspective. You know, for example, we work with a company actually located in Boston. And they are a, um, uh, you know, uh, a provider of, of um, diagnostics uh, for all, if you will. So, you know, it's an everywhere, anytime kind of um, approach. And in that case, you know, one of their core messages relates to health equity and ensuring that there's equal access for everyone uh, from a diagnostic perspective, whether it's COVID or ST, STDs, et cetera. Yeah. So certainly an area of focus for many, for sure. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing a lot of innovation in that area. And just to finish off, what sort of things are you most excited about seeing in, in terms of innovation? That seems to be what your company is all about, supporting and helping happen. What are the things coming down the pipe in the next 12 months you're most excited about? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, client technology and what they're doing or whether that be, you know, LHS services and how we're helping clients. I mean, I think from our perspective, um, you know, messaging and positioning is always important, right? But, you know, for sure what we're seeing is is the importance of sustainability and ESG standards, for example, which is one of the reasons that we're expanding our IR practice. Um, you know, that being sort of core and something that the companies can no longer sort of look the other way, right? There's too many public companies that, you know, if you ask them what, what they're doing in that regard, they really don't have a clue. So there's a big opportunity there, and, and we're really looking at that as a, as a uh, key area for us to hone in on, in on for sure. It sounds good. And do, do you think we're getting through COVID, or is it just <laughs> possible to say? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think it depends on what day we're at, right? <laughs> just yeah, yeah. something about the next variant, and, and now we get to be controversial about the next booster. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's still interesting times. We're taking nothing for granted. We're, everyone's still wearing the uh, the masks on the subway in New York City for sure. So, uh, but uh, Donna, great to catch up with you. Great to chat and find out more about Lavoie. And uh, seems seems things are going well. So, congratulations and continue to great. to you. Thank you. Let me know the next time you're in Swampscott. <laughs> I will. Yes, I'll look up. My, I'm coming up to see my sister. I usually get out once or twice a year. So yeah, that'll be good. Great. And the big Marblehead Swampscott football game and Thanksgiving. Yes. That's the uh, the grudge game. I really I thought that was incredible. <laughs> I never I never knew that sort of thing happened. So yeah. <laughs> well, terrific. Thanks so much for the opportunity today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for joining okay. us on Coffee Break. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.